For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Middle call! Middle call, 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 call. Hey, John, I'm fired up today. I am Tony Romo level giddy for this show today. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just I'm feeling good. I've had some uh, I've had some caffeine. Yeah, like I'll admit that. But uh, high on life right now, John. I'm high on life too. Ready to roll, baby. Woo woo woo! Uh, if you're watching this YouTube, it is great to have you live on YouTube. Hit that like button. Subscribe to this channel. If you're listening to the podcast, you can check out the YouTube link as well. In all likelihood, we'll see how things go, but there will probably be more YouTube content from this show than podcast content. But anyway, that's a separate conversation. What's up, everybody? That's what I meant to say. What's happening, people? What's happening? Right. This show is brought to you in part by our friends at MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one. MyBookie.ag, promo code HAM and the number one, where we have gotten... Um, uh, Aggressive this week, John. Aggressive. Are, are, are we done? Do, do you want to do a parlay? I'm interested. Do, do I, you want to include the Rams in something just to be safe? Is it worth doing that? What are you thinking? Uh, I, I, I would be thinking, uh, it's a good question, probably Rams money line, Chiefs money line. That pays $100. What does that pay? Yeah, I mean, it almost pays, you know, could we do $500 on that? Rams money line, Chiefs money line as a hedge. Yeah, so if we did five, if we did a thousand, we'd, we'd make, you know, $974. Uh, and what does Niners money line, Chiefs money line parlay pay? The Niners money line and Chiefs money line is going to be better. Yeah. Uh, but it's it not a pays, hedge. It's not a hedge. It pays, you know, if we bet a thousand dollars, it pays twenty two hundred. Then we're all in on the like. If the Niners lose, we're just and uh, we could do the the difference is we could do the Niners plus a three and a half to be a little safer. Yeah, I don't hate the Rams hedge. I really don't. I, I don't. I'm not a big believer in hedging. But if we do another bet with the Niners and involve the Chiefs. If the if the Rams win by ten, we are out of three thousand dollars or whatever. Which part of gambling? I'm not against like fucking rolling the dice, going all in. Uh, that's how you make some money. Like to me, maybe the safer thing is is just take the Niners and the points and and parlay it with the Chiefs. A thousand dollars paid fifteen hundred dollars. So at least we're like if they if they were to lose by two points, we still get something some benefit. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't. You know, I'm very confident in the Chiefs, right? Like Chris on the stream says, hedging with a parlay is dumb. But I think it's a reflection of our confidence in the Chiefs. We're all in. I cannot envision any chance the Bengals go in and on the road and win the game. Zero chance. I know it's fucking sports, but I, we're, we're all in on that. We are together in line. If we lose, I feel, every single human in America will tip their hat to the Bengals. I well, have no problem tipping my hat. Yeah. 
because that's the only way it happens. And Jamar Chase. And Jamar Chase, who, shockingly, John, 81 receptions this year felt like, I mean, it's like you should see the list of guys around him that had the same number of catches as him. Because I watched him, I think this might be the best receiver in the NFL. Am I crazy? I went on the Stairmaster today, and I knew he had a huge game, so I'm rewatching the game. And I was just thinking, if I didn't know the box score and never seen the box score and you just watched that game, if you told me, you know, he had 22, 404 touchdowns in this game, you'd be like, yeah, that's what I just witnessed too. I mean, he's catching balls behind his head. He's running around, guys. He, It was crazy. How many touchdowns did he have, though? Didn't he have like 12 or 13 touchdowns? 13, yeah. Yeah, so to me, that once you get to the double-digit touchdowns, I'd argue catches tend to be a little overrated. <laughs> That's a pretty good catch to touchdown ratio, right? Yeah, it is. It's very good. It's very good. Yeah, I have no problem. Par- I'm going to take the Chiefs. I, I I don't have to do the Rams, but I, I, I do think it might be a little safer to take the Niners in the points. We, we're all in on the money line. I, I mean, honestly, I would rather take the Rams than take the Niners in the points, even though I think the Niners in the points are good value. But I like to me, I just I like the I think the Niners money line is a good value. You know what I mean? So you so, want to just do the Chiefs Niners money line as a parlay? Yeah, fuck the Rams. So just be all in on both games. Yeah. Because then you know the one problem is something happens early. I guess the good thing is the Niners Ram game is again. Up. If the the but in this deal, if the Chiefs we're just taking the money line. We have the Chiefs to cover the minus seven. Right. Right. So, so this is just like to me. If we're going to do a Niners parlay, money. I would rather do Niners and the points. Even though I'm contradicting what I said a minute ago. So you want to take the Chiefs money line and the Niners in the points. Isn't that your initial thought too? Yes. Well, I guess your initial thought was Rams, but But I but I I fundamentally don't believe in hedging if I were all in. So the Yeah, Chiefs, but now we lose Chief, now we're Chiefs we're, money line, Niners plus three and a half, thousand pace, fifteen hundred, basically. Okay. Great. In. Uh Done. this show is also brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings and the promo code but did I say my bookie.ig promo code ham and the number one? I think I did. Uh, 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 uh. DraftKings uh, promo code ham where right now we have in the Haberman and Middlecoff DraftKings League a uh, Farmers Open Tory Pines golf match going I'll have to check on the latest there John but uh, I was in like 93rd the last time I looked oh I'm in so, 69th uh, not so. bad no things could be worse uh, anyway uh, but DraftKings promo code ham sign up with the code ham I'm still down to make a weekend DraftKings game. I think we could easily fill it just with the two games going on. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. This week, new customers play free for millions with that first deposit. Uh, DraftKings, baby. Let's do it. Yep. Download the DraftKings app. Use the promo code HAM. You have a shot at a million dollars in prizes. Only a couple weeks left of football, guy. Only a couple weeks left. Of the National Football League, who also happens to be an official partner of DraftKings. They're partners, you know, a lot of a lot of partnerships, a lot of cross-pollination here. Uh, download the DraftKings app, promo code HAM, and let's go. Yep. Free shot, millions of dollars in total prizes with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Just so we get it out of the line, just so everyone knows, our three bets. We have bet $3,000. We have the Niners money line. That is plus 155, 1,000 pays 1,500. We have the Chiefs, minus seven, minus seven. $1,000 pays, I think, like 910 or whatever. It's minus 110. We also parlayed the Chiefs. They just have to win money line. They're like minus 300. With the 49ers, who just have to cover, plus three and a half. So if we just win that, 
we at minimum we'll still have 3500 in the account if that just comes through and if right. one of the other comes through with that we're, we're in we we cannot have the niners getting blown out <laughs> that would no. be bad no because right now the account has how much left in it after all of that action like 950 bucks okay which would mean we would just have to money line bet whoever's the underdog in the super bowl yes and all this whole season, we'll, we'll which is not going to be this. great because you know it's going to be like a it's plus like a two and a half, twenty yeah. plus. No, yeah. John, how about this? Bum 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 bum. Raheem Morris says George Kittle talked about the body bag game last week and quote put us in one, and now it's time to pay him back. For reference, Raheem Morris is not the head coach of the L.A. Rams. He's not the quarterback or the. Starting nose tackle. He's the defensive coordinator. I like Raheem Morris. I heard him on that McVeigh podcast this 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 year with Mike Tomlin or last year. I thought it was really good. But but I have one question here, John, and it's this: Why, why Raheem? Why didn't didn't in the uh, famous Lock and Four article that we dove into uh, last week? Wasn't there a line that all these coaches have no business being there, and everyone knows that the only reason Raheem Morris is on the staff because he's good buddies with Kyle? Yes. Right. So they're they're tight. They're good. They're they're cool. Right. They're cool. They're cool. but but he he is a defensive coach, you know, and that's uh, you had an offensive player. And George Kittle went out of his way to say after the game, after they won, he's like, everyone kept yelling at me about the body bag game. I didn't say we were going to put them in a body bag. I said, it's a body bag game. Like Aaron Donald puts Jimmy in one. I put Von Miller in one. Like I'm putting words in his mouth now, but. Overall, it's just a game where body bags, given what was on the line, they win for the division. Niners have to win in the playoffs. He, I, I thought he actually was very articulate about, like, I was not talking shit. And then he said they went out of their way to keep screaming at me, body bag game, body bag game. And George is like, fucking guys, there's 30 minutes left. And the irony is they came storming back. And, you know, I wouldn't say derailed their season because the Rams still won the division. But I don't know. I can't fathom saying that. Like, that would. Can you imagine how mad, like, Belichick or Andy? I'd even say Kyle. And who knows? Maybe Sean. I know they have a very close relationship, but that seems a little crazy to me to say. That's, to me, that's a BP fastball for the other team. (laughs) Here's what always gets lost in this stuff, because not always gets lost, but, like, a lot of times what happens is somebody says something, it looks worse in print than how they intended it. They come back and say, that's not what I was saying, and it doesn't matter. You might say, well, well, it does matter. It matters what somebody meant. It doesn't matter to the team they're playing. That's why Belichick is always uh, reading. I always reference this book, but there's so many good nuggets in it. The Wickersham book. Belichick mm. is absolutely hard line. Don't you say a thing to anybody that could ever get misconstrued as anything other than the thing you should be saying, which is nothing to begin with. Like Belichick's players are by and large terrified to say anything. Because it's not about declarations. It's not about what did you mean? Or that's not how I meant it. Or if you would watch the clip, you would see that's not what I was saying or it was taken out of context. None of that matters. Did you ever get to the part where he talk, where Welker talks about the feet and Belichick hates Welker for talking about Rex Ryan's feet? Remember, that was a big yes, deal. That's right. That's a big deal. There was a part where um, uh, the, Belichick gets really mad at Dante Stallworth for giving some complimentary quotes about Randy Moss who is on their own team. Bill goes, Randy wants to talk. Let Randy talk for himself because they were undefeated, right? And it was like kind of talking about how great Randy is. It's basically like, keep your mouth shut. Speak for yourself, okay? Didn't Randy have like the greatest season in the history of the I mean, an incredible (laughs) year. But it was like, why give anybody a reason for anything? The Niners somehow have won six in a row 
and yet it feels like are able to play the between this and there are technically the underdogs, which is no, they're legitimately the underdogs. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think that's yeah. No, technically, legitimately, technically, technically yeah. either literally, way. technically, literally, yeah. literally, literally. And then on top of that, they got the whole like world against Jimmy thing going on this week, which is I think beneficial for the Niners. Somehow they've won six in a row, and um, you know, I, I, here's what I think is interesting in the world of the way we talk about sports now, which obviously has a heavy analytic bent, definitely heavier than 15, 20, 30, you know, any time in history. I mean, kind of. I mean, I don't think we do. I mean, I think it depends well, on where you listen. The, the sports discourse involves more analytics than ever before, and it should, right, because that's how the decisions are made at the highest level. <clears> the GMs <throat> talk about it. I, I totally get it. But I think what's important is that these things are never all one thing or all the other. And I said, I mentioned it the other day. I don't want to sound like a 1950s sports columnist that would use one stat and one, you know, one piece of insight. And that was the whole column. And it would always be about chemistry and hard work and all those sorts of things. But if you listen to Sean Payton's press conference the other day, if you watch this Montana doc and you listen to Bill Walsh talk, all of these things work together. The analytics are critically important. How you make decisions, who you play, the players and how you evaluate them. And all the cliche gooey stuff that can be people think overrated, like, you know, emotion and commitment to one another as teammates. And I love every man in this room. All of that stuff matters, too. It mattered to Bill Walsh. It matters to Bill Belichick. It matters to every coach that's ever won a championship and every team that's ever won a championship. Matters to Questy, too. I watched a little Questy this morning. Oh, yeah. What'd he say? I mean, just kind of the same, you know, mumbo jumbo is. Now, it's not mumbo-jumbo, but, I mean, reiterated the same things. Just because I saw some of his quotes, and, and clearly he was talking, so I'm like, I'll just – I will go to the Minnesota Vikings Twitter account, and it was just live, right? So I was like, I'll watch 10 minutes yeah, of this. Yeah, he, he had the right comments, right? I think analytical people get very, very sensitive that all they care about is numbers, and he was – he kind of – I wouldn't say went over the top on the other side, but tried to hammer that home, how much that matters, and – being around John and Kyle and then Stefanski and just players, right? They're human beings, right? They're human beings. That's why I think Belichick, who learned from the probably one of the true, you would say the two greatest motivators of the last 40 years in football are Walsh and Parcells, and they were kind of, you know, legit in their prime rivals, and they did it a little bit. Even I, Actually, they were kind of closer than I think people realize. And I think Belichick's personality is much different than Parcells, but understands how to utilize that between his own walls. Parcells just kind of like swimming in the deep end too, right? And I think Walsh did. I think a lot of coaches with big personalities do. I think you got to be very careful though. When Parcells says something, he knows what he's doing. To me, this felt a little like John Rom freaked out today, like a little emotional. And you may look back like, like you said, it could have been, he could have been laughing about it. It's why I, you know, I would never, ever give a print interview if I was anyone famous. It makes zero sense. It, you have nothing to gain from it, only things to lose. Like, there is a very good chance that if we watched the clip, he was laughing. Like, they were talking about the body bags. Yeah, and yeah. If you, you, you know, that interview he did on Flying Coach, he is a big personality, right? He's a talker. He never yeah. shuts up. That was the thing Tomlin says. This guy fucking talks forever. Yeah. So, well, but but I think to your point on Parcells, but he did it. Walsh, but he did it, and that that it. tweet is going to be on the tomorrow on the big screen if it are, not already was today, right? 
Well, and, and you don't even need that much. But to your point on Walsh and Parcells, like these are both guys who you know knew how to use motivation. They're also tacticians. Belichick's the same. Before they played, before Belichick beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl, he he put up on the overhead projector the parade route, Broad Street. He was like, "All right, now they're going to go down Broad Street." And, you know, he's like, "What is this?" You know. Um, so it's all of that stuff today. It's all of that stuff today. I, one thing that's interesting, because that is a famous story. The Broad Street, he he uses it. The Eagles didn't put that out. The Philadelphia Inquirer put it out. Yes. Now, I think he used it like the Eagles are already telling where they're doing it. Does that matter? Like, if the Niners win this game, and they'll might say after the game, well, fucking what Raheem Moore said, it's not nothing, but I think it's a small, small percentage. And I think Belichick would tell you, well, why would you give anyone 3%? Why, why would you give whatever that percentage is, that extra, like, I'm going to lock in a little bit harder. Now, I think you could argue, and any coach worth their salt was like, you know, playing in the Final Four, in the college football playoffs, playing in the playoffs in the NFL. Like, you don't need Newt Rockney speeches there. And if you do, you probably got the wrong team, right? But, like, for the Chiefs and, and the Bengals, I, I think it's it's less of a rivalry, right? They've, they played a couple weeks ago, but it's not... There is... To me, this is kind of unique. Like, there is something here. <laughs> These teams played several times. Like, the, the talking in this game, there's validity, there's substance behind it. Because literally, this, conver- this conversation did just happen. And these players were talking shit to each other on the field. And it was, I would say it's one of the crazier games of the season that happened so far. And it's pretty recent, right? To, to me, it would be a little less powerful because we didn't talk about game, you know, week three that much in terms of the impact it would have on that game a couple days ago. We talked about like watching the game, right? But the emotions of it were were so far removed, and it, I, the coaches and uh, you just listen to things. Most people in the football would tell you we're so different now, and I, Kyle was saying that, and Lafleur was saying that. This is like we are what we are. Both teams, it just just fucking happened. So maybe it is given that it's a rivalry like that, that Crabtree Sherman, like there was substance between it. Like this is part of what makes this game so sweet is that it, 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 the other game doesn't really compare. That's part of it. Like to me, if it was Bill's chiefs, it would just feel like two heavyweight fights, but it feels like, and we're biased, but even chiefs fans, like they think they're all going to kick the shit out of them. Like it, there's one game that feels like either team can win. And there's one team that everyone thinks the chiefs are going to kill them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if the Niners hadn't won, you know, both meetings or six in a row, I think people would kind of think the Rams were going to kill the Niners based on what the Niners have been for most of the year, which is a team that didn't look like it was trending towards the playoffs. Right. It's part of what makes this so intriguing. I think deep down, most people think, how is this possible that this one team that people thought from the jump was going to be really good? That's the irony is people at the beginning of the year thought the Niners were going to be good, too. Well, most people and then they, would go to the Super Bowl, right? And then, and then they, uh, what's it called when you like, uh, uh, they, they sandbag, they, then they sandbag. Yeah. They, well, the Okino, they sandbagged it. They're like, oh, I guess now somehow the Niners are like the, the little engine that could. <laughs> Genius. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy how we, we got to a result that if, if I would have told you in mid August, the Niners versus the Rams. No one would have thought that was a crazy take. Like a lot of people were picking Niners, Rams, Bucks, Packers. The final four kind of worked out like everyone was picking it in July and August. 
But if I would have told you that October 28th, you might have been like, what the fuck are you, Niners? <laughs> like, yeah. You, you want, well, they've lost four straight games, right? I know. I know. But now, and again, you talk to the analytics stuff, I would say the Niners have more of it than anybody is the intangible toughness, their physicality. Like that is a point of difference. Like that is a point of difference for their football team. All right, let's talk about keys to the game then. Let's break it down, John. Keys to the game. Kickoff is in eight minutes. What do you got? Um, what do you got? Let's start. Why don't you start? What's your biggest key here? Well, I think for the 49ers to win, this guy has been unreal the last two weeks. <clears throat> he hasn't thrown a pick. I don't even think he's thrown a pick-worthy play. <clears throat> he, is, he has been much closer to the guy that I think best-case scenario was going to be why they traded all these picks. Uh, he's been a superstar. I mean, he, that, that was the biggest throw of his career to Cooper Cup. Yeah. And he got destroyed. By, but he was awesome in that game. Like, it wasn't... You could not blame Matt Stafford to me at all for that game, right? It was his running back fumbled. His, his clearly a center fucked up when after they got, what was it, a pick or they got a fumble? I can't, I can't even remember now. But the next play, the, the, the center snaps and he's not even looking. Clearly, they weren't on the same page. When the Niners have played him and beat him this week or this year, he's thrown four interceptions, guy. He threw a pick six to Jimmy Ward. He threw another pick. I think to, uh, I don't know, was it Mosley, the, mm-hmm. the deep bomb in that game to Odell Beckham? Obviously, you know, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, he threw the game-winning pick for the Niners to Ambry Thomas, and he threw the other pick. And, and both, to me, there was only one of those throws that's not on him. The, the Jimmy Ward pick six went through Higby's hands. That's not, I can't put that on Matt Stafford. The other three were bad plays. They're his version of Jimmy, right? Because Jimmy doesn't make... Uh, two of those, like he threw the ball 50, 60 yards down the field, but that is, that is the Stafford pick, right? That's his Jimmy when he throws the bombs and which are not usually as damaging, right? Sometimes they're like glorified punts. I, I I do think in playoff games, any turnovers is a devastating play. There is no like long, like, Oh, that's just an arm punt. Like you don't, you don't say that in playoff games. You can say that. Brady had one. We argued about a few years ago. Was that in the Super Bowl? Like a did third they lo- down. Did they and 10. win it or lose it? They won it. Uh, maybe they lost it, actually. If you win, not devastating. If you lose, it, there's no turnover. Yeah. That's a good well, turnover. There, there is even your arm picks is a momentum. The other team celebrates, right? Hell yeah. Yeah. And, and wouldn't you say the pick. Now, the Niners didn't turn it into points. I'll tell you, being in that stadium, that pick that Mosley had, that Tart could have had too, mm-hmm. the place erupted. Partly because we didn't see live the feet click. So you're like, he ran it back to like the 30-yard line. You're like, they're going to oh. run it in. It's going to be 24 to 17. But the, the what was it? The cleats clicked? The, the, yeah. The, was, it, was, was, it, uh, was it Cooper? No, I, it I think it was Van Jefferson or might have oh, been Higby. Okay. Yeah, it was... That was a big play that they didn't move it. But you got to pick this guy. If you pick this guy off, if you're not going to pick him off, if I tell you right now, Matt Stafford does not throw an interception or turn the ball over, that's huge advantage ramps. Because we know the other guy. Like, it's just, we, we you got to acknowledge it. You just hope for one, but he's turning the ball over. I think a lot of his turnover-worthy plays are coming under pressure. And so my number one key is not going to be Jimmy don't turn the ball over. I love your key, by the way. 
So I, I don't. I'll react to your key first. What, 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 I think what, you can win right now. If, right now in your right now in your gut, do you think we're more likely to get the Stafford we've seen in the playoffs, who's been Pro Bowl Stafford, or the shaky version you've seen versus the Niners? Well, I think the first version that was really shaky is out. That was. I mean, he was trying to force the ball to Odell early in the game. Remember that early interception? Yeah, yeah I yeah, thought yeah. It was more of a function of Odell just joining the team. Um. I think the last version was his, think, wasn't that a, that was his first game was with the Niners game. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I don't I do think there's something to D'Amico in that defense being better than sometimes we think they should be and being better against being good against specific teams and specific players. So, yeah, I do. I don't think you're getting like shaky, Matt. I think Matthew has proven something the last couple of weeks. And I think it's probably given him some confidence. And I also think he, he's got to be and they will be more prepared for adverse crowd noise situations than they were the last game. I think that had to be a big part of why they were so rattled, right? It's just, A, you're pissed because you weren't yeah. prepared for the crowd. B, you just can't fundamentally communicate. So I think he'll be better than that. But I do think it's likely that the Niners pick they, him off they, one. They were, they were up 17 nothing. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. You're right. <laughs> and, and I would say early in that game, some of his throws to Cup, remember how good he was on some of those third and longs, the touchdown he threw to Higby in the corner of the end zone. Oh. He he was he. You're right. He he looked like a different human being that first half. But the second half, he resorted back to like Detroit early season. Well, not even early season. Remember, he had been struggling he, the previous week. We had gambled on them. He had thrown a, a pick six against the Ravens. So he he has just at any moment he can resort back. Right where Brady and Rodgers are just in control of their domain. Sometimes it's like he can he can just shift fast, and it might just be a throw. Now it's not a game. I'm not expecting. I would not expect a bad game from him. You, but you got to hope, and the defense can dictate it. Can you dictate that play or two out of him, like deep yeah. in his in his loins? You know, <laughs> in his soul. Because yeah, he I, didn't really do it against Rodgers. He just he just couldn't overcome them. But he, they couldn't fuck with him really, right? In terms of like makes him make him throw it to a player. Where I think you can do that with like they, he didn't get close to throwing a pick. Can Matt Stafford throw it to Jimmy Ward? No, but they did. They did create some they did create some issues with their pressure in that game. And I think that's how they have to do it again with Matthew. I thought my, my key last week against the Packers was Niners third down offense. They had been over, I think 56% in the two previous weeks. They had been under 40% going into the Rams game. And then they were really good against the Rams and they were really good against the Cowboys. They weren't very good last week on third downs, four of 11, but green Bay wasn't great on third down either. Right. They were five of 12 arms that had those big back-to-back sacks on third down late. And, you know, I think the Niners left the door open. The Packers weren't really able to walk through. I think we saw the first meeting with the Rams. When you leave the door open for them, they can they have the ability to walk through it. Um, and I do think the Niners benefited from that Green Bay game being in the snow. If that game had been in Santa Clara, it might have actually been worse for the 49ers. I think for me, the number one thing is tr- how is Trent Williams? And, you know, can he really play? Can he really play? Not just can he play, but can he really protect and be an all pro level best offensive lineman in the left in the league, Trent Williams, because I think Jimmy's frenetic moments come under pressure. As we've talked about Garoppolo does not now. Don't get me wrong. He'll just first read high ball too. I'm not saying that's all of it, Yeah, but he doesn't throw the ball away <laughs> and he tries to make plays off script. And I, I, some of that happens when the pocket starts moving around him. We see it like, we saw it the first game against the Rams. Yeah, he, he, when you say throw, he doesn't even throw it into people's feet like every quarterback does. He did once last week after I'd said he doesn't ever do it. He did it one time, but he doesn't do it. 
Never throws to like just the trainer like this on the sideline, you know, just the easy one. Ever. I think protecting him to me is the number one. Cause I think if you protect him, it means that that he can settle and make the right play and has time to not do the roll out throw on the run. It's just not where he thrives. And in this game, I think you'll be able to get to Stafford a little bit, but you know, I, I think if they get into a lot, there's, there's a quarterback fumble involved, just like there was the last time I, I, they've got Von Miller humming. They've got obviously Aaron Donald. So I think protecting Garoppolo is, and the other thing that happens is, you know, Sacks is where even if you've got a home field in terms of a crowd, you start sacking the quarterback and now you're in a third and 15 and now your crowd is a little on its heels and now you are. Remember the interception he threw in the red zone came after a penalty, right? Who? Jimmy's? Jimmy's, yeah. It came out. They, they got moved. They got bumped back. They were in the red. There was a red zone penalty. So I think it's a combination of protecting. Were they at and, like the five yard line and then Trent held? It was the, uh, yeah, it was after the Elijah Mitchell run. So I think it's a combination of like not being in those situations from penalties and not being in those situations from sacks. No, I I like that. To to me, one other one is Cooper Cup's a star. I mean, he's he's proven it now. Obviously, that Niner game, but the last two weeks, like there's no disputing, right? It it gets made fun of. I think part I made a huge part of it because he's a white guy. But like we're at the point now where every single human, like he's a baller. I mean, he's the number one receiver in the league. Sorry, did you say that part? I I didn't. I mean, yeah, statistical for sure. And and he's, to me, he's clearly a top three or four wide receiver in the league. Uh, And Debo Samuel's well-established, right? He's a superstar. And he's kicked the Rams' ass. Let's just say those two, in some form or fashion, kind of cancel each other out. To me, who's your number two playmaker? Like, I, I didn't think the Rams, when the Niners played him a couple weeks ago... You know, Higby, but Higby's not going to get you 120 yards. Odell, the last couple of weeks, has scared me a little. It's like, oh, seen a little life in the guy. Like, he's just kind of flying around. And Akers, I thought, looked excellent against the Cardinals coming, you know, almost six months, whatever recovery. It was like kind of Crabtree style. I remember nothing like a guy tearing his Achilles in OTAs. And then all of a sudden, about like uh, Halloween, people were like, there is Buzz. Yeah. He's coming back. And I think most of the time we're like, okay, we'll believe it when we see it. But every once in a while it happens. And it happened with this kid. But then the next game, he almost lost them the game. Like if they would have gone to overtime and Brady would have won the toss and they would have lost, Cam Akers would have been their negative goat. But to me, like, can they get a number two guy? Because I know for a fact the Niners – you could argue that Jawan Jennings was kind of that number two guy the last game, right? He had a touchdown. He had several huge plays. Kittle at any moment can give you six for 80 and a touchdown. In that first game, you know, it, it was kind of a risky throw, but maybe they had worked on it in practice. Jimmy threw it high to Kittle for that first touchdown, and Kittle like went up kind of in traffic. It's not like he was wide open. It was like, you know, Jimmy. But to me, who is your second banana? The Niners have better true second bananas, but part of it is like, is Jimmy hitting them? You know, we know Kyle's going to have some play schemed up. The other thing, here, here's what I know. The Rams, like just because Stafford's such a good player, if he's in his own, like they're just running plays and they're working. I'm not saying that they don't have specific scheme plays. They clearly did in the game against the Niners week 18, right? In the end zone, they ran that touchdown to Cup scheme play. They had, a, they had that one on the zero blitz. They had Cup going right up the sideline. That was a scheme play from Stafford on a pressure. 
But the Niners consistently have like, of our 30 passes a day, 10 of them, we know against this defense, this guy's going to be open. And I would say Jimmy's completion percentage on those, not high. Whatever his completion percentage is of the season, let's say it's like 63, feels like that is like 38. Well, do you guys. notice, you and I have watched a lot of and, Bengals. And, and honestly, lately. like the last game, the Kittle, he dropped it. So it's not, maybe it's not always his fault. But he made up, is, but he made up they, for it. On, he, you know, it was an even exchange with Kittle's next catch. Do you agree that the wide open play that Kyle clearly has dialed up against specific look, they don't hit at a high rate? Was it the Rams game where he missed use check, or was it the Texas game? I feel like that might have been the Colts game. Was it that long ago? Yeah, maybe it was that long ago. It, honestly, guy could have been. They've missed use check on some wide open, probably three. <laughs> you or and I times. have watched a lot of Bengals, especially lately. Jamar Chase ends up wide ass open a lot, and he gets they hit him every time. It was it was, the Titans, it was the Titan it was the Titans, oh, the Titans Thursday game. night game. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Ali. Um, <clears throat> and that was bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they the guy they they get guys like, and I and like listen the Lazard play that went viral. That it's the NFL that happens. Some blown assignments. I think specifically for the Niners, they have schemed plays for Kyle for Usechek and Kittle that are like, hey motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, the Lazard play was a was a mental re. It was not a physical mistake, right? Yeah, Jimmy. But I'm throw, just saying, Jimmy throw, throws it to the right person. In those, but spots. was he open because the defense fucked? Like, did no one follow him? Was that it? I, I haven't even seen the play to be honest with you. Uh, did no, did no yeah, one follow I mean, Lazard? Yeah, I don't know. He got open. Who cares? Open. He, yeah, yeah. It's, not, it's beside the point. But it was. Also, I think it's a really easy. Like, oh, he should have thrown it to him right there. Well, yeah, he's already beginning to make the other. He's about to make anyway. But I think what we're talking I, about... I, I, you, Dallas is a good example. Like, it happens. They miss that play a lot. Yeah. Um, Rodgers well, doesn't. That's where the Niners got lucky, right? Rodgers usually doesn't miss that play. He had, he had a miss, and he had the drop by the tight end over the middle as well in, that, in the game, right? And, I mean, I'm, it's not... I mean, they hit the play. Aaron Jones kind of had to stop. If he leads them, I, you know, does he score 80 yards? I don't know, but... He kind of had to slow down, and then he took off, and the defense... He took a weird... He tried to, like, cut it back, right? Yeah. Um, well, I think this goes to part of... I saw this in the ringer today as everyone's debating Jimmy, um, and this is part of this conversation that we're having. Of the 35 quarterbacks who have at least 200 dropbacks in 2021, Garoppolo ranked 32nd in PFF, PFF's big-time throw rate, a stat that tracks passes on the highest end of both difficulty and value. Meanwhile... He's second highest in turnover-worthy play rate. That right there, to me, is the center of all. There's all the Jimmy discussions. We've been having them for months. Other people are, have been having them for months. They're having them on an even more national frequent scale now. The center of the whole Garoppolo conversation is that right there. The center. It's why I don't think he'll be back. That's the center of it. You can take risk if it's also worth reward. But Garoppolo, for the most part, is a – I mean, he can be high reward, but he does not get you those big play rewards, but does create some risk, right? He's a, it, It's almost like he's a, a – a, I don't want to call him low assist because that's not what it is. He does, I think, a very good job with some other specific things. But I'll keep saying it the way I've been saying it for people that are maybe new. He's they, they don't The Niners don't hit threes very often. They have to run – they're like Pete Carrill running the Princeton offense, like backdoor cuts, and you gotta you gotta get a good screen. You know, Kyle's constantly probably talking about strong screens, strong base. 
There's a lot of that. And that, to me, is the middle of the whole thing, which is fine. Like, they are in this game right now, John. They are one win away from the Super Bowl. But that's the center of the whole thing. And that's where Stafford is different. Yeah. I don't think the Sacramento Kings right now are running that offense anymore. I don't know if you've seen their statistics, but uh, they're losing every game by like 40 points. Uh, no, I have not seen their statistics. I've seen the reactions to their quotes and statistics, and it's the same thing that's been happening for, I guess, like 18 years now. Like. They are losing by like 50 points now. Are they really? They lost by 53 the other night and then by, I think, 35 last night. So, I've yeah. forbidden my dad from talking about the Kings when I talked to him on the phone. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not getting you. my yeah. updates I mean, like I, 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 I do think with Jimmy... You know, you can't depend on a three-touchdown game because those never happen. Can he just Can he just avoid? He hasn't really thrown that many pick. Has he thrown a pick six? I can't really think of it. Luckily, a lot of his touchdowns come, you're able to tackle the guy, which helps a lot. <laughs> uh, but you throw enough of these balls, you're bound to throw a pick six. Like, that would be, that would be crippling. That would be really crippling. Yeah. And there is an element like, uh, you know, I've heard this sometimes on like basketball podcasts. I guess, you know, one of the analytical movements is expected shot make. Like what's the percentage when you take a shot from this area? If you just did league wide, how often it goes in. And sometimes like you're below the league rate means there's a little unluckiness to you, right? Like you're missing 10% of the shots that the league is making from the same spot. You're like, you just keep doing it. You'll get back to, you know, kind of the medium number. You throw enough of these balls in harm's way, you're bound to have a disaster happening. Right, like one game where three of them get caught. Three of them get caught, and even a couple over the middle, like the guy scores. You know, like it's not, if I told you, is Jimmy capable of throwing a game where he throws three picks and two of them go for touchdowns? You would say yes, right? And that says all you need to know. We we made fun of when that stat kind of first took off with PFF the interceptable interceptable uh, turnover worthy throws yeah turnover worthy plays and the more you watch football you're like that is a real stat <laughs> and part of it is you watch Jimmy long enough he has a ton of these and he has avoided for his twelve interceptions it's it's people have been saying this forever like he only threw seven picks but he easily could have thrown fifteen like there is no debate Jimmy could have 28 picks this year. Not throwing outside of the numbers probably limits some of the most damaging types of interceptions you can throw, right? Yes. Because his best pass is like the quick slant over the middle, right? Oh, which also can be intercepted, tips and overthrows, but it's in usually in a little more traffic. That's a city that's a city pick as opposed to some country picks. But I mean, what about the pick week 18 when he kind of forced it to Kittle and it's a little high and then it just kind of got tipped and then Jalen Ramsey went, uh, you know, hacky sack and then he just caught it. Yeah. The good news is they had to go 100 yards on that one. So the best news is he kind of came out of the end zone and like Kittle just tackled him like the 10. They did go. They scored on that drive. I know. Because back to what I was saying, Matt Stafford hit some incredible throws on that play. Yeah. On, on the yeah, next couple plays. Th that was the drive where he hit. Um, Cop over uh, Jimmy. Twice. Ward. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I, uh, what, I love all what, this. What, what, what would you guess wins this game? How many points? 28. <sighs> yeah, I was going to say 27. If I told you the Niners scored 23, would you feel good? Uh, I mean, they have not. I think I saw the stat. They've given like four touchdowns the last three weeks. Yeah, they, they, that, when I said it out loud and then I started thinking about their defense, their defense, the second half of that McVay game, the last two weeks has been excellent. 
Now, last I'd say this last week's a little skewed because of the weather, but that's the game they played. Yeah, like, I don't. Most games are thirteen to ten, right? <laughs> I wouldn't feel great if you told me they scored twenty three points. I wouldn't feel great. Yeah, because it means if they I told you probably if I told touchdowns. you the if I told you the Rams scored twenty three points, you'd feel pretty Maybe good, not. right? Yes, about the Niners. Yeah, I mean, if they scored twenty three, what does that look like? Two touchdowns. Three Robbie Gold field goals. Is that a, is that a math right? Fourteen plus nine, twenty three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wouldn't. I mean, I, I think honestly, you, you'd have a chance. I don't think you. I, you would, and you know why? You're right. You just nailed it. Breaking down what it would be actually clarifies it, which is in their drives. Their drives, and you're you, if you're settling for field goals, it means you're not chasing necessarily, right? By too much, right? If you're down fourteen, you're not Robbie Gold field goals. You're probably going for it on one of those fourth and shorts or whatever it turns yeah. out being. So, um, pretty good field goal weekend. You got the McPherson kid, you got Butker and Robbie. Yeah. And, uh, Matt Gay. Matt, Matt Gay. Gay. Yeah. Has he been good this year? I think he's been good. I think there was a moment. Of, I think there was a, I could be wrong. I think there was a period where it like wasn't good, but I think it's gotten okay again. One Cal- argument I, I heard thought, back, back to the analytical. Oh, Oh yeah, he is, huh? Gay and Wishnowski. They, oh, they were draft. Were they drafted in the same class? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good uh, little battery, huh? Yeah. Uh, even though Wisnowski, I, I feel like he's not that great of a punter. You just just eyeballing him, like I, it feels like he was more powerful a couple years ago. Yeah. I don't know. I one of the analytical movements in football. At oh, least that's from right. Sorry, one other restart that point in a second. Mike said Gay was short from forty five. That's last week. I remember. Uh, forty seven. But still, like but, there was something weird with the hold. Something must have happened. It was well short. One, I think, like the analytical departments in football, like the the true, just like their group of number guys, are very anti drafting kickers. I guess that's been a big movement for numbers. And I've heard a couple of people say, like, haven't we seen the last couple of weeks? That kind of fucking matters. Like there is, like you get a McPherson. That is a great draft pick. What Butker, now I think he's an undrafted free agent, but like Butker's value to the Chiefs now for the last five years, pretty clear if you watch the Chiefs, like Butker, they are very, very confident. Even in that game last week, he missed a uh, extra point or a field goal. I don't think Andy ever flinched, right? Having a good kicker, there is, especially in big games, to me, there is an in, there is a value that's hard to quantify, and there is not just like having a random kicker. And I think part of it, where they would argue, is like, you know, paying a guy that's not dependable four million dollars when you can get a guy equally as non dependable at nine hundred thousand dollars. Like, obviously, it pencils, but having Robbie Gold this year making five million dollars has been a big benefit for the 49ers. Yeah, I think, I think- makes a lot of money. The Raiders kicker Carlson, I mean, he guy was nails. Like it. You feel good if you had a three or four million dollar kicker if he's making all of his kicks. He is more valuable than just flip the coin. Just give me a random kicker. The hard part is when you draft the guy, he has to be he is in the play. You know, like he might you be, be drafted right then, ready to roll. You're a rookie. Here you go. All eyes are on you. Well, the worst case is Aguayo second round, right? That is a combination of all the worst things. Yes, it would have been a bad case if you drafted Aguayo in the seventh round. That would have been bad. But to take him in the bad. second round, yeah, terrible. It's just, when he's that bad, he feels like you just drafted a defensive lineman right there, and the guy can't get on the field or something. Like it's that it you it's even worse. It's worse because he's a net negative. Like the guy that can't get on the yeah. field is just not on the field. But the kicker is like, you need him for extra points. You need him for gate winning field goals. You need him, and it just is such a demoralizer to your. That was team. a bad. That was a bad pick. 
Even though I'm pretty sure when they drafted him out of Florida State, he was historically like the best kicker in the history of the sport. He was really good. The other guy that was really good coming out was Rodrigo Blankenship, right? Did the yeah, Colts draft him? Yeah. The guy with the, the sports specs. How high? I think, they, I think they did. How high? I think they did too. How high is the uh, San Diego State punter going to go? The guy who's got like 90 yard punts. Fifth round? I mean, fourth round? If I told you you were like, if I told you the Chiefs drafted him in the third round, like, would they complain? Not if he's that guy, they wouldn't. Blank Blankenship was an undrafted free agent. Okay, just became famous because of his specs. I I, I would be Wisnowski, fourth round. This guy's a better prospect than Wisnowski. And Wisnowski was a good, I think, punting prospect. Fourth or fifth? Wisnowski went fourth. Remember, because it was yeah. a big topic. We argued yeah. like, who cares? I could see this guy. I, I've never seen him punt. Maybe I mean I watched some San Diego State games, but I was not paying attention. I've heard his name come up a couple times, just BSing with buddies over draft prospects. I could see this guy go in the third round by a playoff team. Because like, what about Belichick takes him? Like he's just gonna he's going to be a difference maker for me, right? But he but you like you said like Aguayo, he can't be then average. He has to be immediately a top five punter in the league. That's to me that's where the pressure comes for with kickers and punters when you do pull the trigger. Like, Wisnowski has been good enough. To me, this guy, he's been fine. And but, he's not, but he's not, like, I think ideally we take a guy in the fourth round and you want, like, a guy going to go to four or five pro Yeah, you want to be right? resigning him for the next nine. I mean, you know, you want him to be your punter for the next eight years, nine years, which I guess he could be. That's not out of the realm of possibility, right? Robbie Gold, you know, we kind of went back and forth. Remember when he was holding out, so they signed yeah. him and they gave him a bunch of money. It's That's been a good signing. He's right? been a plus. He's been a plus, you know, above uh, replacement level for sure. John, before you go any further, let's tell the people about our friends at Manscaped, the best in men's grooming. Manscaped. Okay. Manscaped. <laughs> I, need, I need a manscape. Manscaped. Wow. I mean, see, you're not as white as you. You You. you, you, good, you got a good. I got to use some vitamin tone. D. I got to use a little even, vitamin even D. Tone. Uh, Manscaped promo code ham. Promo code him and NSFW. I'm going to have to add to the video portion of this podcast after what you just did. Promo code ham gets you 20% off and free shipping. Yep. Use the promo code ham manscape.com. I use the uh, boop, 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 little uh, weed whacker. It's called. I used it like- you got it. Did it work? Well, the neighbor called. They're like, why are you doing lawn work so late? And I was like, <laughs> they could hear it. But yeah, it definitely worked. I actually used the other day. Or yesterday, actually, the lawnmower 4.0 LED light <clears throat> um, is well charged. You can't hear it. It's like it's silent as a mouse guy. You know, yeah, I've had some that are like you can hear, yeah. and yep. you gotta you gotta wrap the cord around. You know, because there's no plug in your bathroom, so you're plugging it out mm-hmm. by the sink, and you're wrapping it around. It doesn't reach, and you're like, well, I'll just I'll I'll take a uh, you know a trash can, and then it's just it doesn't work. This one. Handheld, baby. No cord. Cordless. That, that to me, the cordless, cordless charge, too. Game changer. Uh, the ceramic blade. The skin-safe technology. It's fantastic. The lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is also waterproof, so you can groom in the shower. No cleanup. No mess. A variety of other fantastic products as well, like the Reviver, the Cleanser, the Duster. Ugh. But we're big fans of the lawnmower 4.0. So go right now to manscaped.com. Get 20% off when you use the code ham and free shipping. That's free shipping, 20% off. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job 
with Manscaped. Show also brought to you by Truebill. Truebill.com slash ham. Thanks to Truebill.com slash ham, I was able to find a few uh, auto-renewing subscriptions that were draining me. Draining me. Draining me out of house and home. Truebill put a stop to that. Said, no, no, no. Not anymore, NBA League Pass. Not anymore, random concert-based Amazon $7, $8 a month video subscription. Not Prime Video, something else. No, 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 no. Truebill.com slash ham. John, go right now. It could save you thousands. Yep. Truebill uh, saves on average, guy, on average $720. I actually think that average, if we do this read in two years, is going to dramatically go up just with our generation and the setup of society right now, right? Every single business subscription-based. I, for the first time, probably in like five years, I got multiple credit cards. I pay my mortgage and my health insurance on one credit card. It's just all I use it for. And I forgot to pay it for some reason. I, I, I always, is a Wells Fargo, and I'm always on there because that's my checking account too. And I looked, it's like six days late. I'm like, oh my God. Now it wasn't that big of a bill or whatever, but I go, but then I looked and I found a couple. I'm like, what is going on here? And if I would have had Truebill, that never would have happened. Because like most people, it's easy to go, a month or two without checking your actual statement. Then when you do, you're like, I, it's all DoorDash and food and whatever. But when you do and you see like, I haven't used this in six months. I thought I canceled this. Mm-hmm. And that's where Truebill.com slash ham has your back, homies. Truebill has over 2 million users. Over 2 million users. Truebill is an app that you can use to have it alert you when you've got those auto-renew subscriptions that you don't want. So start canceling today. Go to the desktop site, truebill.com slash ham. You could desktop site and you can do it through your phone. Go right now, truebill.com slash ham. It could save you thousands. Or if your ex is still using your Netflix, uh-oh, Truebill, don't let it happen. Could I right. uh, really quick get some water? Yeah. Actually, I, I was could, could use a, tea, uh, a little pee break here. Uh, you, but we, you no, wanna, we shouldn't. You want to just do a 20-second timeout? Just go pee? 20. Or, a Rogers? Or, or, or you want to rotate? I'll go grab water yeah, yeah. and pee. I'll you come back. You we gotta leave somebody here in charge of the ship. All right, everybody. Finally, we got rid of that guy. Who's got something? Let's go. What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? What do we got? We need 2019 Jimmy versus the Saints on Sunday. I don't think that's the, that's a very interesting point, Archie. I don't think that's the recipe. I think that's a dangerous game to play. Um, if you need that, just think about this. How many times have you gotten 2019 Jimmy versus the Saints? Which I think I'd have to go back and look. I think it might be his Mona Lisa. I mean, that might be his sweetest game. But um, I I don't think you can count on that. I don't think you can count on that. Um, Rob says, I like Ambry as much as the next guy, but come on, until recently he was a wasted pick. See, this is what I would say about that, Rob. It's like his rookie year is not even over yet. So if by the end of his rookie year he is a – contributing player on a NFC championship team, which is what he is. I think he has saved at least for a while. Now the possibility that not only is he not a wasted pick, I mean, he, he could actually be a hit. He could be a hit. I mean, we haven't seen Diamador Lenore for a long time. This guy could still be a hit. So yeah, I agree with you, Marty G. He's a rook, bruh. Um, but you know, I'm glad Rob is a reasonable guy. Decent News says got a 10K Niners money line bet. Oh, John, I'll use the bathroom. I see that there. 
Uh, pray for your boy. Pray for your boy, John. 10K money line bet. We've been going through some comments here. Uh, I'll uh, give you the wheel. Pee break. McDaniels to Vegas. Uh, feels a little unlikely, but who knows? I, I still think Jim Harbaugh's going. Hard to tell. Hopefully Kyle doesn't get pass happy. Uh, I don't think he will. Over under when Aaron Donald will try to choke alignment on Sunday. Probably second quarter. The only way Ed Dodds would go to the Raiders if Harbaugh's going. If McDaniels goes, they'll hire a, a New England guy. <clears throat> I think McDaniels pretty risky. What he's been a head coach one time, and it was a disaster in Denver. He accepted a job a couple years ago and quit. I, I think he's a really good offensive coordinator, but I question the person. I, I, I mean, that's something's a little off. Uh, to me, he makes me a little nervous. I, I don't. I, I'd rather just hire like Leftwich or Bowles over him. I don't think Trey Lance is going to play. I'll go Chiefs 40 to 28. Niners 31 27. I, there is not a story I care less about than Jeff Garcia and Mina Kimes. I don't give a fuck. Nothing bores me more than media stories. What do we got? Some McDaniels, some score predictions. Mm. Uh, Ryan's replacement thoughts. I mean, Questy, well, Questy and D'Amico. Oh, D'Amico. Uh, yeah. You just, yeah. That Questy, man, he's a smart guy. I got to watch some of him. Well, he just, you know, I think he's kind of, I don't want to say insecure about it, but I, I think he's just trying to be like, I, you know, I understand what I don't know. One comment he made is when, when John and Kyle were first hired, they got like everyone in the football operation that was there to go around and say what you did. And so when he got up, he's like, I threw in an F-bomb when I, when I said analytics, you know, to try to get in with the football guys. It was kind of funny. It is funny. I think sometimes what gets said at these introductory press conferences, more so in college than in, than in pro sports, but it definitely happens in pro sports. I think, again, more so in college, is like guys come into situations that have these other dynamics that have nothing to do with them, right? Like, you know, Kyle Shanahan came into a situation that had some dynamics because the Niners had had back-to-back one-and-done coaches and Jed was still getting heat over the end of the Harbaugh era. There were all these dynamics that, you know, had nothing to do with Kyle and John, but they were walking into. It happens a lot more in college where, like, a fan base wants one of our guys and the new guy who's not from there has to come in and be like, you know, every one of you, if you've ever played here, I want to be a part of your life, and I want you to know that you are a part of this program. My door is open to all of you, and you are all welcome. I'm going to spend I want to see. Week. I want to see you guys on the sideline. Go Cakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
That's so why it's harder so for sometimes the, I think the PR guy will tell the coach, like, all right, here are some of the things, the criticisms of you or the team that are out there. If you could address these specific things. And that's where I think the Minnesota situation is like, I think if you add up their wins the last like five years, it ain't like the Jags, right? Or the Bears. I mean, yeah. the Bears actually aren't terrible either. I bet Minnesota's averaged 9.7 wins the last seven years. I mean, they've, they've had several 11, 12 win seasons, and then they've had. They make the playoffs? No, they went eight and eight maybe last year. Yeah. I mean, they have not been, they have not had one season where they've drafted any higher in like 17. It's not like, oh, remember when they got Devin White and uh, six overall? Like, no, that's where the Raiders draft. Just kidding. You know, if Rodgers were to leave, that the Vikings is an even more incredible job. The Bears, the Lions, and a whoever, right? I mean, think about that in that division. But Rodgers wants to come west. Like that's his thing. He wants to come west. No, no. I'm saying if Rodgers leaves the Packers, then oh, the Vikings. Oh, I, th- job, I thought you, I thought you meant like, will he go far, jump over there? No, I'm saying the Vikings' job gets even better. It's already well, a good God, job. Well, guy, if I tell you if Rodgers leaves, the Vikings have the best quarterback in the division. Think about that. If the if Rodgers leaves, Minnesota's going to be the favorite to win that division. Wouldn't you imagine they'd be the betting favorite on the markets to win the division? Yeah, yeah. If Brady retires and Rodgers leaves, those divisions are fucking wide open. Like Matt Rule is starting to think like, well, could I go from Village Idiot to uh, a division winner? Uh, I'm getting a question here, Sean. Before we get back to some of the topics we had, is this a Niner hat? No, this is a. Or this is an original Shanna Ham hat. Some are calling it on the streets, but I wear it like I'm Joe Torre. No, that looks like uh, who's the dude that played first base? The wear the helmet, John Olerud. Yeah, <laughs> he in the Hall of Fame. I look more. Uh, no, I look more like um, uh, one of the which was it Mario or Luigi that was red. Uh, Mario. Luigi oh, was green. I look like a big cat tweet is what I look like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to make your head really big. I'm trying. <laughs> Elmer Fudd. All right. On, onward, John. Um, do you want to talk about Kyle here? Yes. Or you want to skip minute. past that and go to the Chiefs and the Bengals? No, let's just spend a couple minutes on Kyle. Okay. Because, because it is it is the NFC Championship game. It is the NFC Championship game. And he's in it with this team. And... It, he gets, we talked about this earlier, but he gets the house money sort of storyline, even though this team was supposed to be good. So it's really the best of both worlds. He delivered on a team that, frankly, I did not think at times, even before the season, was a Super Bowl level team. Forget about when they started struggling. Like when the Niners were 2-0, and they were not obviously a Super Bowl level team. Right. When people are having the conversations, well, if Jimmy balls out and they go to the Super Bowl, then we got to talk about whether he'll be back. And my reaction was always like, they're going to the Super Bowl. I don't think so. So I'll be honest about that. Like, I thought the expectations were rightly high for them, but to treat them like they were Super Bowl or bust, I thought was too much. And yet here they are after having seen some things over the course of their regular season. And it's actually kind of the best case scenario for Kyle in that. They feel like they've got house money, but they're actually uh, on the Super Bowl's doorstep with a team that they, I don't know if going all in is the way to put it, but they brought their DBs back, right? Like they brought guys back thinking last year we underachieved, this year we're back. 
and they've they have actually reached the same conclusion almost that um, a lot of people thought they should reach, even though they took a long way to get there. Yeah, I, I think he elevated his status with the last three weeks. Right, you win two road playoff games in week eighteen. It was, it's been an incredible twenty-one day stretch for Kyle Shanahan. Now I think, because for a while it was McVay, then Kyle threw his hat in the ring in two thousand nineteen, and now they're kind of synonymous. And for a second, it it felt like Lafleur was in the group. Like he kind of feels like he's not in the group anymore. <laughs> and if Rogers leaves, and like he's gone out of the group, we've been talking about this, like. We'll see. The Allen Mahomes thing is a thing. But like Brady and Manning, just that happened. And that that became a battle. It feels like these two guys now are going to battle for legacy points. Like they ain't battling money. They have an unlimited amount. They have an unlimited amount of juice. They have an unlimited amount of respect. Their players clearly like them. But there is what makes this a lot. They independently both went to a Super Bowl. And like we talked about yesterday on the stream, when the dust settled, it was a devastating loss for both Belichick and, and fucking Tom Brady and Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. If football ended today, there's just football ended, all four of those guys, obviously Bill and Tom, no-brainers, Andy, no-brainer now, Mahomes would also be Terrell Davis-style at quarterback in, right? <laughs> like he'd be Four Hall of Famers, it's incredible. So now, though... They're playing each other for a chance to go back to the game. And so bo- in both their careers, they would have been to two Super Bowls in for Kyle three years and Sean four years. Like that's that's an incredible accomplishment in its own. Win or lose the Super Bowl, right? To say this guy go to Super Bowl. No, he went to a couple. Like part of like Ron Rivera, for example, why he gets respect, he took a team to a Super Bowl. That's a big deal. That's just his one thing. Right. You went to multiple Super Bowls? <laughs> Like that's that's kind of what they're playing for here, and it's to me what makes this game really cool is the coaching matchup. These two guys, and I, I think they both like they both are so highly regarded. But this moment will be something, especially if it's a good game, and obviously we want the Niners to to win. But if they're not able to at least cover, uh, assuming the Chiefs win, this was a huge moment in their career resumes. Was it last week? Was Romo, or was it in the last two weeks? Like Romo's late, talking legacy, legacy, legacy. Was that last? It was week, during Alan the Chiefs Bills game. Yeah, every Don't possession. You think, I, you know, it doesn't feel Troy is as much into that, but like there is no disputing. This is a legacy's hard because these guys are so young, but th- this is a big like moment in their lives and their careers. Well, first thing on Romo, I thought it was kind of the Greg Norman moment, but the in that he was saying he didn't directly say it, but I thought it was him kind of opening himself up. Like these are the moments I didn't, I didn't succeed in these moments, and trust me, like it's why I, a hundred percent, I thought he was talking about himself a little bit, and I thought it was pretty good. I, it was a little, he was like he did it like three straight drives, but he's not wrong. And and I think like it, the it, Chiefs it felt Bills like we were game, watching history. It felt like we were watching history. Well, and like the Chiefs Bills game, I think it's really hard for McVay and Shanahan to lose. Like someone loses the game, but I think they like Allen and Mahomes have reached a certain level that they're not going to fall below. Now it's about adding and adding and adding and adding. Yes, obviously. Now it's about adding and adding and adding and adding. Right. I I, I do think they're there. Like I think they are on the Mahomes Allen level in terms of. They've got enough equity that they can't, like they're they're protected against sliding back down a level. 
Now, you could get stuck on one level forever if in 15 years, one of them still hasn't won a Super Bowl, right? And it's like, why can't you win the big one? Or maybe you're 0 for 4 in conference championship games or, or 1 for 4, whatever the number is, right? And McVay, McVay I don't think probably would have... Do you agree? M- Neither one of them can slip back? Well, I think that we got to put it into context. McVay was probably there once the moment the playoff started. Kyle needed these last three weeks to really... I agree. Now, now it's shut it. No one can say shit. You know, but McVay's got five is, playoff wins. He's got four. I'm with you. And like next year, you can go through a rough stretch, even though we don't need any more four game losing streaks out of Kyle, even though they're kind of interesting. Uh, they make for good content. After but I, the I fact, can do too. <laughs> yeah. When you come out of it, that's what's interesting. Well, but I think specifically with Tef- Kyle, Teflon Don was, uh, what's his name, the former mob boss, you know, something like they're, they're, they have a little Teflon to them yeah, now for a yeah. while. But, but I think where Kyle gets extra, not, I'm not even saying extra as it relates to Sean, but just as Kyle gets extra is because, you know, he hasn't found his franchise quarterback yet. And he's here. You know, I think that's a big part of it. Oh, oh, I thought you meant his here in the building. You didn't mean Trey Lance. You meant Kyle's here without his franchise quarterback. Kyle's in the final four, yeah. and he does not have, you know, his franchise quarterback. He might on the roster. We'll see. Time yeah, he might. Like that, that'll that be part of the next step for him, right? And that's where he gets another level without winning a championship. Like, I think Kyle can win this game or lose this game, win this game and then lose the Super Bowl. He can do those things and still find ways to elevate his legacy without winning a championship because next year he's going to have the opportunity to then build up Trey Lance. And that, as we know, you know, Bill Walsh, and did, did, did Andy improve on what people thought of him those first four or five years with Alex Smith before he got Mahomes? Do you think yes. he? Imp- yes, yes, he, yes, yes, yes. People started to think highly, more highly of him what he was doing with Alex. Winning, I think so. Winning, competing with the Broncos and win the you know win the. It's division. not like he saved Alex, right? Alex had already been saved, so to speak. Made him a better player for sure, though. Yeah, I think Andy got extra credit for that, and I think you know it was probably he needed a fresh start to do it. You hope you know if you. Yeah. You you know you hope you hope that Kyle Shanahan doesn't win his championship with somebody else in 15 years, you know? Because I I said the other day on Twitter, you and I were talking about this, and I just did a little poll like who's going to meet more in the playoffs the next 12 years, Mahomes and Josh Allen or McVay and Kyle Shanahan? Who'd you and click most, on your own poll? Uh, I don't know if I've well I must have voted because I was seeing the results, but maybe if it's your own poll, you don't have to vote. I might have abstained. I don't remember. Um. But most people said McVay, uh, uh, the quarterbacks. Yeah. And it's logical, right? It's your divisional opponent, so you're most likely to meet like in the first round. Um, but I think my point, and you, we were talking about this the other day, was you you're, know, sa- you're saying because you're a divisional opponent, you're less likely to play in the playoffs with the Rams and the Niners? Yeah, I think that's probably fair to say, right? I think you probably have to go back and do a study on that because there is. Don't they keep you away from each other in the first round? No, because you could be the if I'm the three seed and you're yeah, the six seed, not. it's just it's just based on wins and losses, right? I think it happens a lot. The Arizona if you Rams won the division, played. you play the wild card round. No, the, Bill, the Bills play. Oh, yeah, I guess the they Pats. did. I think it oh, I think it happens more than you think. Maybe it does. Um but I think the AFC just offers more resistance, was ultimately the point I was gonna make. And you know, these are coaches. So if these two guys are in the same place for a long time, I the the league really benefits from both Kyle and Sean having success. If you're good though, consistently for six seven years, because go back to like Niners Packers, young you know uh, Niners Cowboys, you're gonna meet. Because if you're good, that means you're winning games, and they're just 
the playoffs aren't that big. <laughs> You're just going to run into each other. Like, I, I, I think there's a decent chance that if everyone stays healthy and the coaches stay, Sean and, uh, and Kyle, and the two quarterbacks stay, how it's not inconceivable that you know we see three of the next five years they meet each other in in January. That's just what happens with good teams. You just run into like think how many times and Peyton Manning played Tom Brady over the years yeah. in the playoffs. In what made that one interesting, right? One of them had rings already, so it was caught. It became very clear like who was trying to take down who. Yeah. So was one of these guys going to get a ring this year and then kind of get ahead? Because Kyle jumps back ahead fully. I or, mean, they all, or are they always like the Phil Mickelson? Like one of these guys has to beat each other and then win the Super Bowl. Right? Yeah. It's so great. It's so great. The storyline is so great. But I think Kyle in some ways has more to – I think Kyle has more to gain this week. Do you agree with that? Given yeah. well, how bad well, their well, year well, was well, at times and who his quarterback is. Well, more than likely, the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. Like they're the best team playing. So whoever wins this game, let's say Kyle wins it, and he loses the Super Bowl, it's a big moment, but he's still going to be talked about, like, how's he going to win the Super Bowl? Like, to me, what I wonder, whoever wins this game and then they lose to the Chiefs, does it get talked, like, do you get more credit? Well, at least, especially if Kyle wins it. Well, he owns Sean, or is it like he can't win the big one? Or if Sean wins it, like, he got over the hump on Kyle, but then he, but he's lost to Andy and Belichick now when it matters. Yeah, like, I think how it looks, I, I think how it looks matters. I think it's unlikely that whoever wins the NFC Championship game, if they lose the Super Bowl, walks out with can't win the big one. I think, in my opinion, Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay are in the category of, I know you're a good shooter, keep shooting. Not, are we sure you're a good shooter? Probably helps, too, that they're 42 and 36. Right? Yeah, and I think it, yes. Yeah. But it also helps a lot more shots to take. We've all watched them coach a ton of games and I think I've come away with the opinion that they're really good sometimes it doesn't all happen right away I would say both of them now just because it's it's more short term with Sean it's been multiple times with Kyle if Sean were to have a 10 point lead and lose the Chiefs and have some like crazy things happen this last month same thing with Kyle that would be something like what is up with them at the end of the games sure but I also think that there's some randomness to it. I mean, it's like, well, fuck. I, you think Sean McVay wants Cam Akers to fumble? Well, I mean, he has a choice, kind of. I think what would be bad, the only way Kyle would get totally crushed, they're up 10 and they ran Wasp and it hit on third and 17. <laughs> and it was D'Amico was like, again. I wasn't the DC last time. Did that happen? <laughs> yeah. I would say I know this. Somebody I, we both think the Chiefs are winning. Somebody uncoverable is coming out of the AFC and the NFC, for that matter. Actually. I would say that Super Bowl against the Chiefs, that first three quarters, given the level of their opponent, probably as good as the Niners played over the last three years. I, I that watch rewatching the Rams Monday Night game. That was a pretty impressive performance too. The difference is they finished that Chiefs game. I, I vividly remember sitting on the couch like it's not really going to be this easy. They were kicking the shit. They were killing them. Niners came to play. Yeah. And the I, do Chiefs, think pa- from the Chiefs I do think Patrick's a little a little more comfortable now in just the, the firing line. Don't you have to be? He's, Don't you he's, have like, to Joe, be more he's like Joe Cool with Brett Favre's skills. How now calm he's, lo- now he's lost the Super Bowl, too. Like I yeah. think that I think there's a value to that. If you've won one, 
losing a Super Bowl doesn't then add more pressure. I think it adds something else, right? You kind of see that you came out on the other side of it. I think that's a valuable experience for Mahomes. He's had two so. devastating losses in his career. I mean, he lost at home to Brady in overtime, and he lost, I mean, he got his ass kicked in the Super Bowl. We're running you for could, his life. You could do a football life on Mahomes right now. And Brady? And Brady, I mean, they, they've, how long have they been together? Since like sixth grade or something? Feels that like that photo it. you saw, sent me. Well, I saw a picture, you know, uh, on the uh, on Instagram, and it looked like they were sixteen. Now probably younger, younger, then. thirteen, f- fourteen. Yeah, probably like jun- junior high, eighth grade. Yeah, it looked, seventh, like, yeah, grade. It looked like seventh eighth grade to me. So, uh, we've got the ticket situation continues, John. Um, uh, no matter where you want to look and uh, get your Sam Farmer said StubHub says Niners Rams is on track to be the number one best selling ticket playoff game in the site's history um I, we got tagged in a do you know what tweet i'm talking about we got tagged in a tweet at, after we started the show that i don't have in front of me about the percentage of northern california uh purchases are are very high um i was talking to a guy from one of the one of the ticket sites i've just seen a bunch of them right because all the ticket sites are coming out as a promotional measure like StubHub, with just stats on the same way betting sites come out with stat gambling, you know, stats. The ticket the sites stat, come the out. stat is 43% so far of the tickets sold are from Northern California. Northern, okay. On StubHub. I, now I wonder what the, I wonder a stub, yeah, StubHub. I wonder what the line of delineation is to create Northern California. I, I don't know. Cause I mean, Kingsburg. Like, if I, I bet Fresno's pumping down a couple hundred people, right? I bet Bakersfield I think people got tend some. to consider Fresno Northern if you cut it in half, even though it's technically central. I think. North of the uh, grapevine, kind of for people not familiar for people familiar with the state. But, Bakersfield count, yeah, I think north of the grapevine is where people start to go. That's not; it may not be northern, but it's not central. I mean, it's not southern California. Got gotcha. you. I don't know. That's just always been my I, impression. The way I guess I think about it is like San Jose North, but I also in you know some of like you know King City or you know as you're driving down to like San Luis like San Stockton. Luis Obispo. Would San Luis Obispo be Northern California? I mean, that's Paso Central, Robles. I think, I think Central. I, that's Central Coast, or yeah, Central Coast. But Stockton, um, Lodi, yeah, all that whole stretch. I ended up on the phone today with a guy from uh, the site TickPick, which actually Fireball. As we're as we're Fireball, as we're doing the show today, I think they're about to give away a pair of tickets to the to the to the game. But he was to Kyle. Kyle Zorn was his name, and he was telling me about. I guess their thing is they don't they only charge the seller a percentage. So in theory, their tickets should be cheaper because the buyer doesn't also pay uh, a commission on the thing. But anyway, he was saying that the Niners are obviously things that we know, right? The Niners are all are driving the ticket price and the proximity is a big part of this because they saw when the Niners won tickets to the NFC championship game went up. But when the Rams won tickets jumped again, so why did that happen? Because Ram fans wanted to buy tickets? No, because Niner fans knew I don't have to get on a plane, buy a plane ticket, fly across the country to Tampa and get a hotel. So all of a sudden the demand surged again because of the proximity. I thought one interesting thing he told me, because I was like, well, who traveled? Like, do you have any way to tell people are always doing like Facebook or hashtags where people are from to figure out fan base size and that kind of thing? He said, well, I can tell you the, the top traveling fan bases in the NFL are in no particular order. Dallas, Pittsburgh, Green Bay, San Francisco. So (laughs) when you make the travel easy for one of the top traveling fan bases, here's the other thing. It's easy to get to L.A. if you're flying from somewhere else, right? 
It's just L.A. is tough. Like if the Niners were playing in Green Bay, that's a tougher travel. Yeah. But getting to L.A. is an easy place to get well, to. If, if, well, if I had told you that the Dallas Cowboys had made it to the NFC Championship game against the Rams, I think it would be very similar to this. Right? One, they have a huge yeah. fan base in Southern California. They've had training camp. And their fan base like has money and is massive. Yeah. Obviously, the Packers had the one seat. But I think... I think they would have had this happen. The Niners thing is because the division and it's here. I think the Cowboys would have been pretty similar. Yeah. Well, I think the thing the Cowboys have that the Niners also have is they're good. If you're a casual fan, you're in, right? So you got all the agencies in LA, all these companies in LA. There's so much corporate money down there. Jeremy Renner will be there, you think? Jeremy Renner, I would think will have to be there. John Party. John Party. Your boy, John Party's got to be there. Yeah. I mean, uh, Huey Lewis. Probably there. Who's the dude from Billions? Soder? Dan Soder. Absolutely <laughs> going to be there. Uh, Montana? So. I saw that I, I followed the Corn Fairy on, on Twitter, and they just tweeted out this guy won, because now the Corn Fairy plays like uh, Monday through Wednesdays, and whoever won yesterday, I clicked on his, he's from, he born and raised in Walnut Creek. And so I click his last retweet was the 49ers beating the Packers. And you just realize like the 49ers and obviously he's from the Bay area, but you'd underestimate how many people fucking like this goddamn team. Cause I see that sometimes well, that you Montana know, doc just, is like, Whoa. <laughs> you just find a famous person. And if you stumble upon some of their social stuff, like especially if they're a sports fan, you, you see this more on Twitter than Instagram. But like they'll have some retweets like, damn, I didn't know that they were the diehard, you know, so-and-so. And it happens a lot with the Packers, the Steelers, the Niners, the Lakers, the Yankees. Like it's not, it's, you can play the hits here with this stuff. Dave says on the stream, ex-Gold Rush Terry Hatcher. I love Terry Hatcher. Is that true? Uh, I am a huge Terry Hatcher fan. Absolute babe. In her, oh, she was such a babe. Desperate Housewives? I'm not going to lie. Watch that every week. 50, 57 years old. She looks, so, I mean, 20 years ago. Oof. She was she was good in uh, with What's-His-Name in uh, Superman. She got a little work done. She's looking, you know. Okay, that's whatever. To each their own. Uh, per tick pick, 47% of ticket sales coming from Northern California, says Akash. I think there's going to be so much red. I think Kelly Stafford's like, wait, I got to. Spent a hundred grand just to get seven tickets. Like I don't know <laughs> you don't think the team gave them? Well, I mean, they have so many allotted, but you don't. There's just an element that's out of their control. There's On a barathon, ele- by the way, for those who thought it couldn't be done, I, I I didn't even try. There is not like this. Ain't Garth Brooks selling out SoFi and he controls all the tickets, right? The the Rams the tickets are already in people's hands. That's part of the problem for them. But I, from what, from uh, the guy I talked to at TickPick, you know, even at a certain uh, Kyle, like there's really, you can't do any GPS protection. TickPick is awfully close to, uh, you've said that a couple times. I'm like, he's just a dick pick. <laughs> it's, it's pretty Maybe close. they get some good traffic uh, when people Google it accidentally. <laughs> little, but you can't really do anything about it because that was only whoever the Ram seller is, right? Ticketmaster. But like, it wasn't like everybody participated in that or tried to participate in that. You know, you know no. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not like every ticket reseller did that for them. So it can't be. He, I guess he told me the Titans tried to do it a couple weeks ago, but you, it's really impossible. 
if people want Doesn't things, they can get them. Do you think it's a president's idea, the coach's idea, or the owner's idea? So uh, I honestly wouldn't shock me if it started with Sean. Would not shock me at all. I know you, you had a good theory about it being the owner's idea, which is also possible. Absolutely. He he spent $5.5 billion on the place. He wants to see his fans in it selling his. Here's the other problem, John. When 60% of the people there aren't your fans, they're not buying merch. They're not buying $38 hats. They are eating and drinking at a burrito. They are eating and drinking. $24. <laughs> not bad, though. Decent burrito. But, um, you know. What I don't understand Thanks is Thanks to Dave buy, on Twitter who just sent the uh, photo. When you buy like the Coors Light or Corona in the big glass and it's like, and you're just going to pay for it. You're just in the mood. And you're like, here's $20. It's $20. Well, it's like, well, the keg that they buy doesn't cost any difference that if we just bought a keg and brought it to our house. For yes, it does. It costs less. Yeah, because they buy it in bulk, right? So yeah. where is all this money going? And it's Stan's pockets. <laughs> Catering for companies, too. It's $700 million video board or whatever it costs. We still haven't gotten the uh, cost on the I video feel board. sometimes that definitely for the Bay Area in L.A., airport prices are at minimum equals now. Sometimes like, oh, this is a cheap sandwich. I've had that thought a couple times. Uh, well, I, I've been saying that one for years. The sandwiches at the airport cost the same as the sandwiches at the deli. Yeah. So always definitely, definitely, definitely here. I think you eat cheaper sometimes in an airport now in, in California. Now, if you're going to if you're going to Indy and other places, no. But I mean, a deli sandwich is still like you, you every time. It never fails, even when I know what it's going to cost in an airport. It's like a bottle of water, bag of chips, twenty six dollars. The 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 water's expensive at the, the airport. water throws you off. Where, yeah. where they really fuck you is they don't allow you to bring the water in the in the gate. Do they do that when you're in? I still haven't got clear, but this clear doesn't allow. you. Oh, no, you can't water. bring water in. I'd argue if Clear allowed me to do water, that thing would be worth quadruple the amount. I mean, you can bring an empty thing and then just think I've got fountains all over the place. You can yes. fill them up. But I just don't like carrying the extra thing. I want as yeah. little on my on my on my person. I'm possible. I'm with you. Yeah, prize picks is where it's at. Prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than five million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani-less season-long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on Prize Picks, you can go Anthony Edwards, more than 29 points, and Nikola Jokic, more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time's the time to join because star players mean more on prize picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board, and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So right now, download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, code HAM50. First deposit match up to 100 bucks. Price picks. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it. Four years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught 
seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, Chiefs and Bengals, John. Chiefs and Bengals. Uh, as this week goes on, I and I think also you – get only more confident in the Chiefs. We both watched back the uh, week 17 game today, or I did today. Maybe you watched it back yesterday. I, I did I did today too. Um, you know, I think there is, I've seen a few opinions out there that Joe Burrow outplayed Patrick Mahomes in that game. His numbers were much bigger. Uh, Mahomes actually almost threw a devastating pick six at the end of the game that got dropped, broken up by his receiver. But I do not think Joe Burrow outplayed Patrick Mahomes. But he was as good as, as him. And he could have his Josh Allen game this week in the AFC Championship. Jamar Chase was unreal in that game. I, I'm with you. I mean, it's just I, – I, I mean, I think the Chiefs kill him. I, I, I think they should win by 14-plus points. I would say if somehow Joe Burrow pulls this off, it's one of the biggest upsets we've ever seen. I don't know. You know, I was thinking about it today. I'm like – I said that – I thought about that in my head – and I was like, I bet how often it's not like you're getting 14 point lines in this game. Seven points in this game is massive. How often do you think like Patriots versus the Colts or Patriots versus the Broncos or, you know, whatever the games have been over the decades? Maybe there was one time like Patriots versus the Colts. Remember Luck one time upset some people to get there and his team wasn't as good and they ended up getting killed in the AFC Championship game. But I bet if we look back at that line, maybe it was six or seven. Seven is a massive, massive line for a conference championship game. So this is to me about as big as it. What? Because again, if it was if it was Bills, hell, if it was the Titans, if it was Chiefs Titans, the Chiefs would be favored. But because they were on the road, what would it be like minus two? Because they would be the road team. Mm-hmm. So th- this is this of all the playoff teams in the AFC. I guess if the Raiders would have made it, but as we know, they did not get out of the first round. Uh, th- there's it's not possible to have a bigger line. This this upset, I, I just can't envision 
any way that the Chiefs don't, unless like obviously if an injury happens to Mahomes, but if he plays the entire game, they should win this game by several touchdowns. Now, they got to figure out Jamar Chase. I mean, guy, did you look at the box score when you're watching the game? I mean, he had, I know he had the three, he had the, he had a huge play on third and 27 to get him down in to basically at the five yard line. It was weird because that was the catch down the right sideline, the far sideline. Yeah. Yeah. They actually got Kinda. clearly, they started wherever he went out of bounds, I think at the 11, because they got a first down at the one-yard line. So part of the reason the game ended so weird is they were first in goal from the one for the four or five, you know, with the penalties, the five, six shots. But they 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 got stuffed three straight times, right, when they were handed it to Mixon because Chase got him down there. That, that play to me, where he caught it kind of back shoulder, was he had a couple where he was wide open. He had the one where he's wide open. He like ran by everyone. It's like, I didn't realize he was that fast. <laughs> he looked to me like the best receiver in the NFL watching him in that game. He was awesome. I mean, it's, that's guy that doesn't get much better than that. No, <laughs> I mean, him, him and Burrow against Tyreek and Mahomes does have the chance to be incredible. The difference is right. Burrow is not quite the escaper that Josh Allen is. He got sacked nine times against the Titans. Their other sucks. The Chiefs got him a couple times, didn't they? They were chasing his ass all game yeah, long. Yeah, I now he's good at like knowing how what to do and when to do it. Historically, the Chiefs were a seven point favorite in 2019 against Tennessee. Um, New England was a seven and a half point favorite against Jacksonville in 2018. Oh yeah, the good Jalen Ramsey team. Jacksonville was winning that game, guy. <laughs> what a guy was a lifetime ago. Uh, New England was seven against when they blew out the Colts in 15. Did that just Baltimore, throw you off seeing the Jags in the AFC? Very much. <laughs> New England was an eight-point favorite the year they lost to Baltimore in 13. They were a seven-point favorite the year before when they beat Baltimore in the AFC title. The Colts, oh, this is a good one. The Colts were an eight-point favorite against the Jets in 10. And the Patriots were a 14-point favorite against the Chargers in 08. But... What, yeah. num- what number? What was the number? 14-point favorite in 08 against the Chargers. R- Rivers had a torn ACL. Who started that game? Rivers played the game with a torn ACL. <laughs> Phil uh, Rivers played the game with a torn ACL. I mean, that's... I, to me, if he's healthy, is that... That, to me, is a torn ACL number. That's a that's by far... Was there... What was the biggest number you read before that? Eight? Um, No, the eight was actually... Oh, yeah. Yeah, Indy the Jets was eight. Yep, that was the other. That's the biggest. Manning versus Rex. Yeah, you had the final score in front next to that yeah. too. That game was what, thirty what? to seventeen. They covered. And the year before, they lost twenty-four to nineteen. To the, uh, sorry, the next year they lost twenty-four nineteen to the Steelers, who were a four-point favorite. The Colt, the, the Colts? Jets, the Jets. Remember, because staff uh, Sanchez went to back-to-back AFC Championship. I was in the I was in the car yesterday. I was listening to Sanchez was on with Coward, and Collins like, damn, Mark. Looking at your playoff stats, you were pretty good. And then he reads them. He was like 63%, nine touchdowns, three picks. He's like, yeah, if I only just played in the playoffs. I think there are – I've talked to people who think that Sanchez was – should have been a better player. Not like he should have gotten more out of himself. That like he should have been in a better situation and turned into a better quarterback than what happened. Well, I know my guys with the Eagles, he was there. They liked him. He went to the Bears as a backup. Like, I know people that were around him and enjoyed being around him. He was a good backup for a little while. Chase's numbers, it took me a while to find the box score. 11-266, three touchdowns. Like, that's... 
that was the difference in because Burrow was over 400 yards passing, right? And I think Mahomes was under 300. Do you have it there, or was he around yeah, 320? He, he was 26, 35, 259, two touchdowns. Yeah, he was better than that, Mahomes. Yeah, he wasn't sacked. Kelsey had a big drop. Uh, Mahomes did some early work, and they were up like 20. They were up 21 to seven in the first half of that game. Yeah, and then 28, 14 at the half, right? So uh, one, 28, they, they got a late field goal because I think he picked it off or something. It was 28, 17 at half. So it was a little closer. Okay. okay. One other thing I wanted to address as it relates to that game is I did wonder, like, is Zach Taylor going to go toe to toe with Andy Reid? And I do have to give Zach Taylor a little credit because I'd forgotten how crazy that game ended back week 17 when they had it fourth and goal at the one yard line with first 58 seconds. Fourth and goal, one yard line, 58 seconds. Zach Taylor, John, decides I'm going for the win. Offsetting penalties so they get a chance to do it again. And Zach Taylor decides again, I'm going for the touchdown, not the win, obviously. A field goal would have been going for the win. He's going for the touchdown, okay? So just to recap, tie game, under a minute left. Two opportunities, fourth and goal. And he goes for the touchdown both times. And both times he fails. And both times he gets another chance because the Chiefs commit a penalty. And then they get a new set of downs. And then he kneels on the ball and then spikes the ball and kicks a field goal. And I thought he was nuts. I was like, bro, you know, what, what are you doing? You know what I love about a good still shot? It reminds me of like when ESPN talks about a pay-per-view. Or when you know one of the, the main Olympics. broadcasts talk about the Olympics that they don't have. It's like, hey, we don't have the rights. We don't want to get in trouble. We don't want to get flagged. L- legalities. <laughs> well, same. We've been nailed before, so legalities. But yeah, it, it, you're right. It, it, was, it wasn't as crazy hearing you talk. Well, it was crazy, but I think what happened to the Bills have validated him a little bit. What happened the next week after that game, Week 18 against? Uh, sorry, what happened in the first playoff game for the Chiefs? validated him a little bit and even two weeks prior to that listen to what kansas city's done two weeks prior to that chiefs game in week 17 kansas city had not one but two fourth quarter game tying drives that were under two minutes against the chargers they had a minute 45 second drive to tie the game and then they had a 63 second drive that sent the game to overtime And then in overtime, they won the toss. Justin Herbert never touched the ball, and the Chiefs scored in 75 seconds. Wow. So then Zach Taylor, two weeks later, tries to score a touchdown late. Eventually gets lucky, kicks the field goal with no time. Two weeks go by, and the Chiefs play the Steelers in the playoffs. The Chiefs have not one but two scoring drives that took less than 50 seconds. 42 and 32 seconds. Two touchdown drives against the Steelers. And then, of course, against Buffalo, they have a 52-second drive for a touchdown and a 13-second drive for a field goal. So, like Zach Taylor, not as crazy as I thought. I'd argue no kickoff return, 13 seconds to get in field goal range, might not be topped <laughs> moving forward. They, they, that might be a record they hold for a little while. No, no, no kickoff return. So you're not able to take it to like the 40 or something, yeah. right? With 13 seconds left. You started the... 25 now? Yeah, 25. I kind of like the 25. It has a little more juice than just the 20. Yep. It's like you just, it's a little just riskier won. to bring it out. Yeah, you just won like solid 20-yard gain from like, okay, we got something cooking here. 
you know, when mm. you're at the 20, you get a couple of plays. You're, you're yeah. like, we still got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. It also reduces the returns just because it's riskier to bring it out. You know, what, uh, what do G- you think about the, the, uh, overtime rule? Someone DM me. I was like, you know, this isn't terrible. It's a little, you know, hockey at the end of the game or soccer at the end of the game, just player safety overtime, roll the kickers out, start them at the 30 and move them back. First guy misses. I hate that. You saying you'd rather watch that than Patrick Mahomes lead a game-winning drive? I'm completely good with the rule. Do you know why Andy wanted to change it? Because four years ago when they played the Patriots, the Patriots won the toss, and the Patriots won right down score. Well, 10 of 11 teams in overtime, 10 of the last 11 teams in OT that win the toss win the game. 10 of 11. That's a little... My, my thing is like, wait a second, NFL. Why are we shortening this game? Like, if the if Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes want to duel for two more quarters, let them duel. <laughs> Why are we trying to end? Why are we trying to end this game? You think anyone would have complained if they just uh, if they just would have played another game? You would have ran out of juice. But uh, by the way, somebody asked them, "Why did you kill Staley for all the fourth downs against the Chiefs?" No, Staley got killed for one specific fourth down in the third quarter at his own thirty-yard line. 35. Also got killed against the Chiefs. I think Thursday night football went for it at the end of half. With no time, you know, two seconds left instead of kicking a field goal, they would have been up 17 to 10, and they were ended up being up 14 to 10. I'm, I'm pretty sure they were playing the Chiefs. He did reckless things. No, no one, Sean McDermott in the game when we were, uh, were we alive? When was he going for? Oh, we were recording a video because the Rams had just won. And you looked and you're like, he just went for it. He went for it twice on the first drive. He went for it fourth down on the first drive, and they scored a touchdown. I I got no problem setting the tone with some going for it fourth and shorts. There are certain times when you're reckless on your own twenty at the end of a half instead of just taking the field goal when you get nothing. Like to me, Brandon Staley does not fall under the category. Like one thing I heard today, Sean McVay in his career, for known as a young guy, sneaky kicks a lot of field goals and punts. He's not a very aggressive short yardage guy. I do think in this game, is this like on the first drive? Are you just, you know, Sean McDermott, a part of it, you're playing Mahomes. They were pedal to the metal in that game. Are either one of these coaches going pedal to the metal? Or if you're Kyle, you're like, let my defense cook. Because the Niners will defer, right? If they win the toss, they will defer the kickoff. That's yeah. much as established. That's what they do. Yeah. Will the Rams or the Rams want to get it and score and set the tone? Not like I can the see Niners the Rams the want it. I could see so not, they want to dictate term. Like, hey, we got kind of knocked back last time. Yeah. Uh, what about the idea? I like the one that people have suggested where you each team bids on which yard line they'd be willing to start on. So like the worst, the worst yard line, the, the, you know, like if, if you say I'm willing to start on my own 17 and I say, I'm willing to start on my own 10, then I get the ball. Why would you just say the one? Yeah. I mean, you could say the one, but then you have to take the ball at the one. Oh, it's like a construction bid. You just put it in blind. Yeah. Is that a great idea? Now, if everyone, if both teams say the one, then I don't know what you do. But like, what would Andy have said if there was a blind bid for the Bills and the Chiefs? What would those well, let's say me? Say? Let's say me and you're on the sideline. I say uh, the five yard line. Is that yeah. risky? Would you feel like they might say the three? Yeah, if you're gonna say the five, you might as well say the one, right? Don't, I think you, you can't just get end beat. up saying. I think you would just end up saying the one. But most teams don't have Josh Allen and. See, you know, to me, what the hell is the difference of doing that than the, my field goal idea? You're bidding on a yard line? Well, at least the quarterback. Why do I want to watch? I want to watch the quarterbacks make some throws, some plays. 
No, I what don't about like what about just start this? Two point plays. You just each get a shot. Back and forth. Starting right away. Yeah, the college so just rule. equal. The college but, rule. But, or, or you just do But but you just immediately just start one play, two yard line. How, you know, just for a point. Or how about in the playoffs we do it the way we do it, except if you score a touchdown, I still get one shot to try and score a touchdown and extend overtime. And again, if it keeps going, so what? It's the playoffs. This isn't week twelve. I, I maybe it's because we had money in the cheat. I'm not bothered by it. Same. I saw the internet was doing big sleuthing. Apparently, the referee he says heads tails. They pick tails. Then he turns the coin over so it's tails facing up before he flips it. You know where I would be furious, but still, it's a fifty-fifty shot. Is it flip? Yeah, yeah. Right? It's a joke. You know, a joke sleuth. What if the Niners and Rams went into overtime and the Rams won the toss and won by six? Yeah. I think, I mean, I would be furious. Yes. Not because necessarily the Niners lost, but because we would have lost every bet. Yeah. Even though we nailed it. <laughs> Tied going OT. You feel really good, like you did the right thing. But All right. So coaches got hired, John, a couple of reports. Uh, Rap Sheet says. The Raiders have put in a request to interview Josh McDaniels on Friday. He's considered the top candidate. Then he adds a pairing of Patriots de facto GM Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels has always loomed for the Raiders. If all goes well tomorrow, it could happen. Michael Silver, if Josh McDaniels is hired as the Raiders' next coach, Dave Ziegler would almost certainly be the GM. And in that scenario, the incoming coach and GM would have arrived in Vegas with a very high opinion of Derek Carr, from what I'm told. Carr has one year left on his contract. Well, the member Silver broke the Derek Carr story when he signed a contract extension years ago. I think he's tight with Derek's agent. Uh, so Josh McDaniels would come to the Raiders for a quarterback, right? I mean, yeah. the one job he's inter- seriously entertained in the last five years has been the Colts. I, Josh McDaniels... I, it, hard for me to unsee and forget. Okay, Denver, a long time ago now. Being 6-0? and quit, He quit on the Colts. Quit on the Colts. Remember, That's, he was 6-0 and in Denver. Did you see that? Well, because I watched the Brandon Marshall. Or, who good. was that? Channing. Oh, no, it was the dude that went to De La Salle. It was DJ Williams. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I, he, got, he quit on the Colts yeah. after doing it. Cold feet. Now, he did give him Uber Flues. Yeah. And Gannon. I learned today it's Eber. And Eber Sirianni. Oh, no, maybe Sirianni came with Reich. He had nothing to do with Sirianni. But they got, they got them Frank. Who, you know. But there's no guarantee Josh is a better head coach than Frank, right? But I do think Josh is a fantastic offensive coordinator. That much I believe. Well, it's it's well established. He's really good. He was a he was a I someone told me last night, he's like, talked to some people in Miami. Flores was a dick. And I just I think it's hard for these Belichick guys to shake just what they think it looks like. And I just, why would Josh like, well, he's had all these experiences, you know, working for Bill Belichick. <laughs> like that's all he knows. Really? He had the one year, yeah. I think in St. Louis, how many guys have failed and then got another shot? Belichick guys. I mean, I guess you the can count to be a head coach. head coaching job. Yeah. Charlie was not, and Charlie get to dunk an NFL coaching job, right? He went to nope. Notre Dame, Romeo, Romeo one and done. Yep. Um, obviously Lions one and done. Mangini got Bill, two jobs. Mangini did, yeah. Jets and Browns. It uh, feels like Bill O'Brien eventually will get another shot. Right? Yeah. You'd think. Yeah. You know, remember there was the article a couple of years ago that did paint Josh in a pretty just normal dude kind of light. Journos, right? 
or jur- journal, j- like journals for himself, not journos. Like he, yeah. remember he journals? Yep, that's right. Like, isn't that a big thing? Like writes down his thoughts yeah. or something? Positive thoughts? Yeah. You know, this clears the way. If he gets a job and Gerard Mayo gets a job, it clears the way for Steve Belichick to be the next coach of the Patriots. Or they could just hire a normal outside the box coach, right? Yeah. Couldn't they just hire like just a coach? They could, but he's a coach. Where's Gerard Mayo going to go, though? Well, I don't know. I'm just saying he's becoming now a candidate. Are we running out of jobs? No, I guess we got Saints, Minnesota, Raiders, Jags don't have a coach yet. We still got. If you're Derek, would you rather this happens than Jim Harbaugh comes? The Giants don't have a coach. Giants don't have a coach. Would you rather this happens than Jim Harbaugh if you're Derek Carr? I would say for your career, it'd be hard to say that John Josh McDaniels would be better than Jim Harbaugh. I think it'd be hard to say as well, but I do think it'd be hard to say that there are many people better for a quarterback right now than Josh McDaniels. He'd probably up his stock a little bit this year, right? Like I think it's a win for Derek. Yeah, it's not a it's not a loss. Uh, but my thing is though, like Josh is then the head coach. He he lost his mind the last time. I know. And part no, of I bringing know. Ziegler, like, well, who do you think Ziegler's answering to? Like, it's not like, right? That guy's working for Josh, which is part of the deal. I'm now, but Josh would have a lot of juice, a lot of juice, and there would be a lot of like Institute and Patriot shit. Well, are people using the wrong, the word de facto wrong? Uh, like he's the de facto GM. De facto means like you're not named the GM, but you're basically the GM. But isn't Bill the GM? Like what Kirk Rambis is for the Lakers? Someone told me he does everything for them. Like he makes all the shots behind the scenes. Yeah, he's the de facto GM. Yeah. I think. Kirk Rambis, yeah. No, but I'm You're saying just, like, I think that's what, the, I think people are, they're calling Dave Ziegler the de facto GM. But I think Dave Ziegler is more like the fake GM. Bill's the de what facto I think, GM. Yeah. Oh, you're saying the de facto, or is they're Bill, acting like he, he's a de facto GM right now in New England is what they're saying? Yeah, or is Bill technically the GM and this guy actually does GM duties? Then he's the de facto GM. Yeah, I think that's what they mean. But this Bill, guy, is this th- guy th- do th- GM duties? Yeah, this guy took over. This guy's been there, I think, a long time. So basically, it was a smooth transition for him to Nick Casario. I'm asking, who is the GM decision maker in the Patriots? Bill Belichick. And who is on, like, you know, the team directory named as the GM Bill Belichick. So this guy can't be the de facto GM unless he but is I think, doing I the think GM. If you, and, if you and I were in the office, he does all the work like Bill. Okay. So then like maybe setting he, the boards. So right. in that, if that's the case, then he is the de facto GM. Yeah. LeBron is the de facto GM. Him too. <laughs> yeah. So what was it? Anyway. What Kurt Rambis get in trouble for years ago? Like in porn? Was that it on Twitter? Yeah. Sounds him? right. Yeah. Bunch of porn likes. People are like, bro, like you know people people can see your likes? And then I think he did like, I didn't, I was hacked. Jay Williams did one of those. Jay Williams. It's crazy. Oh, the Celtics had never hired a black coach. And it was like, bro, they just had Doc Rivers like three years ago. And he's like, hacked, hacked. People are like, bro, you you can just say, hey, man, I was wrong. You you use hacked for something way worse than that. That's a pretty funny hack tweet. (laughs) I love that. I love an overreaction for hacked. Uh, All right. So we've got a few other jobs open. Eberflus, we got, uh, I guess we could keep talking about that, but that's 
that was the interesting news of the day today is it felt like a few it felt like there was like a little break Nathaniel Hackett you know maybe means that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the the Broncos uh quarterback but it felt like there's a little break like oh we're about to i thought we we're about to get like five guys hired which maybe we're about to like if somehow josh is the coach by saturday if i was the nfl i'd be like guys we gotta wait till like monday tuesday next week wait this till the end of the super bowl i would say week. most most guys feel like they're hired by tw- early january we're almost a, i just looked at that i didn't even realize january 27th holy shit yeah how about i mean uc davis this is a, this is a big moment today for uc davis head coach in the nfl Dude, graduate from UC Davis. So they've like, got. I think jo- That's a big deal. Chris Peterson, Dan Hawkins, Bilotti. Bilotti. Bilotti retired. Hawkins coaching at UC Davis. Peterson also retired. So, I mean, I think it's. They were riding high in like the mid 2000s when Chris at Boise, Bilotti's at Oregon, especially that first year, like when he hired Chip. So like he got Chip and he was like on top of the world with that as OC. Peterson's like top fifteen team, but to get a head coach in the National Football League, it's a big deal for the Aggies. Paul Hackett, uh, Nick Aliotti, oh Nick Mike Moroski who one. caught a touchdown from uh, Joe Montana, Ken O'Brien J- obviously, J- JT O'Sullivan, JT. I mean maybe the most famous UC Davis alum right now on the internet, Daniel Descalso. Daniel Descalso played baseball there. I think lives in uh, Pleasanton now. Yep. He's in the Bay. So um, that's a good list. Solid. Good for him, man. I mean, he's part of his dad is a big part of the Montana doc. Paul Hackett. Hackett's a cool last name. He's a good last name. He If he's the Jags uh, OC to get this job. Was he the Jags OC? He was a Jags OC when when they went to the. I mean, he's he's better than the AFC Championship. How about the Jags right now? What are they doing? <laughs> That's a hell of a question. I don't think they know. The the last story as we're recording this was that uh, this would be bulky if he's able to survive his fourth career head coaching hire. That's a lot of head coaching hires for one it is. individual. <laughs> one of them very good. Did you read the article that? Someone forwarded me about Mike Singletary. He had called Ted Phillips when they fired Nagy. He said, I'm ready. And this whole article is about how Mike Singletary wants to be the head coach of the Bears. He told a story. I got to text someone with the Niners to verify this. In 08 or 09, after Roethlisberger got in the deal in Tahoe, the Steelers were going to trade Roethlisberger. Jed and Balky call Singletary into a meeting. Say, we have a trade that is ready to go for Ben Roethlisberger. And Singletary says, I've made the commitment to my men. They were men of character. And he was going through it then, right? With That that thing was a big deal. And he claims that he denied, said, I'm not okay with this trade. They don't make the trade. Does that sound wow. realistic? Uh, it's in the article, the athletic article. Wow, he I did not wish I read that. The Roethlisberger. Find it and just, it's a long, so just skip I mean, they must have part. really believed in Mike, right? And at that point in Jed's career, I could definitely see him not Balky forcing had, a Balky had just kind of transitioned into the role. I think he was still the head of personnel. It wasn't like he was some accomplished GM. So that neither guy, Jed or Balky, had like a lot of juice. Roethlisberger Mike, was coming off a, you know, whatever. Part of Mike's deal was he he was like standing by Alex's character. Yeah. 
Interesting. Can you imagine yeah, Roethlisberger had been traded to Mike Singletary? Roethlisberger should thank God that didn't happen. But yeah, I know. Um, but then do Roethlisberger and Harbaugh win a championship? Roethlisberger's pretty good back in like 10, 11, 12, 13. Does Kaepernick replace an injured Roethlisberger at some point? I don't know if Kaepernick ever comes if they got the big fella. I don't know. Jim might just do some. Who knows? Yeah, Jim and Ben probably and... strong relationship. Get along. <laughs> yeah, that one worked. But anyway, I mean, this situation. Adrian Wilson. I mean, it'd be a pretty. I think it's a really tough spot, and I do wonder if you're thinking about taking that job. Do you at any point think you know if you're Byron left, which I'm talking. Is this really the place for me? Like, if we're even having this conversation right now, why do I want to force my way in there? Now, you could say, well, he's forcing his way in there. He's going to get Balky out, get Adrian Wilson in, get total control. But, man. Would like, you risk your career for Jags? someone you don't want to work for? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is, does he re- should, he want, should he want to go work at a place where this is even a conversation, even if he gets what he wants, which is full power? Well, yeah, because he gets the quarterback. He gets Trevor, right? He was drafted there too. Like this, he does have a connection to the. So was it like place. Joe Burrow going to the Bengals? Like he's just he'll have a shot to get it right. Yeah, I think I just think it's you. You do what you got to do if you can get the juice to coach a sweet quarterback. Do you believe sweet? We'll see. I mean, I, I'm a little nervous. I think he's got to. I, I mean, I think if you're Byron Leftwich, you look around and go, and he played the position. I think you look around and go, let's just look at who's getting jobs right now. Okay, the Bears. You'd be more nervous about that quarterback. The Vikings. I'm not more nervous about Kirk, but I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence than Kirk Cousins. The Giants still committed to Daniel Jones. Right? Go down the list. Dolphins. Dolphins? Like, could be a lot worse when you for a first time head coach. A lot worse. A lot worse. Te- if you get the what te- you want. Te- Texans don't have a coach, do they? Texans do not have a coach. Could be a lot worse. So I understand taking the Jags job. I do. I, I forget. Do you know what? I've forgotten the Texans and the Dolphins exist right now in this coaching market. The Saints don't have a coach. There are a lot of there are a lot of empty jobs. The Saints, the, in theory, should be a great job, but like, where are you getting your quarterback from? Jimmy? I saw someone, and I thought this wasn't the right place. Like, oh, oh, he's really going to run now after he screws over their cap? Well, yeah. I mean, you, every team does this. They've... They they put the the Saints have been pushing money back on their cap for a decade. Belichick, remember, said two years ago, he's like, "Yeah, this was this was once Tom left. Like, this is the result of doing everything we had to do to try to win now." Yeah, and they cleared themselves a year later, and Bill spent seven hundred million dollars. Well, I mean, Tom's going to hit the Bucks cap if, even if he comes back the next year. After his contract voids after next year, even if he comes back and plays, it's like twenty four million. But they, but they get to spread it out over like three years. You know what Tannehill's dead number is? Dead cap because I like someone, 40, 45 or something, fifty seven. <laughs> but they, that's what happened when you sign a guy to seventy million dollars guaranteed. You don't put the seventy on the first year. You're like, well, put it, move it, move it. He's not going anywhere year two. Just put it on year two, right? The dead cap. Yeah. And then you're like, ah. Uh, Twigster54 asks, where do you guys think Russell Wilson ends up? Seattle. Did you see it? Same. Did you see the video of uh, Eminem rapping very fast? Like in his like new, like a young, like in a young Eminem or like? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Young Eminem. It was like Instagram. I saw Snoop put it out on his story, but it was from somebody else's story. 
I've probably just, seen it before. M- yeah. It's pretty new. It's like old. I mean, it's current Eminem, older, current human Eminem. Does he have dark hair? Maybe. Maybe wearing a hat. It's current Eminem, though. Got you. No, just zipping through some lyrics. How you fast? Know, r- rhyming a bunch of just, just insanity, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he's like always he's always rhyming like washing machine with something else. Oh, was a freestyle. I don't know if it's a freestyle, but Nick Alioli in our generation, everyone wanted a freestyle. That was a big thing. Yes, not well, but not well at all. All right. Anything else we need to add to the show today? I feel like we just, I could, actually, we've decided to stream live up until kickoff on Sunday. So we've, this is only hour two of however many more hours that's going to be. Uh, I'm kidding. All right. Thanks for hanging with us, everybody. Tyreek. Oh, Tyreek does the fit. Tyreek does the P. And do you see Chase does like the C, I think is what that is. I don't know. Is that, maybe that's some other Bengals thing. Chase, Jamar does that. that. Jamar does a hand gesture also. What do the Niners do? They've been doing that since Crabtree. All right, later, everybody. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.